Welcome to the Players Podcast. This is your host, Coach Noza. The Players Podcast is brought to you by the Salem Hoos Project. The Salem Hoos Project provides free basketball training for kids in Northeast Salem. It's our firm conviction that no child should lack athletic opportunity because of financial limitations. For more information, visit salemhoosproject.org. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you have any questions about improving your game on and off the court, contact us on Twitter at SLM Hoops Project or on Instagram at Salem Hoops Project. Now on to the show. When you were finishing high school, you were player of the year, right? Your senior year? Yeah. Yeah. We voted for you at Vineri, so if you didn't get it, it wasn't our fault. <laughs> uh, what was the process like you getting to college? Were you being recruited or were you like having to solicit yourself to colleges? So, for, I was, when I came into South, so I guess to start it off, I didn't, I wasn't on any AAU teams. I was being recruited. I got offered, my fr- first offer was, I think, freshman year, after my freshman year, Western Oregon, but uh, just a small offer, you know, and then throughout, I got some letters and stuff, and I was being recruited, but I wasn't on the circuit for anything AAU. I, I didn't even know about AAU until uh, my junior year, actually. <laughs> I was yeah. just, like, I was so used to playing so many different sports mm-hmm. that I didn't know, like, there was an off-season for basketball. So, really, I just, like, because I was so used to, you know, just transitioning from season to season growing up. And then we get a new coach in, and he kind of just, like, changed me in a sense and just told me about everything like the clearing house and all that stuff so I'm getting recruited by schools was that Bowman? yeah okay. who was uh, the coach before him? Havercroft okay yeah but he was on his way out yeah so like when I got there he didn't want to coach anymore but they didn't have anyone to fill it mm-hmm. so he came back because he had retired and then the whole uh Rodney situation yeah, yeah, yeah. had happened mm-hmm, that's right and so that put another damper on everything and then finally Bowman came in and like I was just under the impression as long as you graduate high school you go to school you mm-hmm. go to college and then he's like no you, like my junior year I find out oh clearing house and I and I'm have like probably like a 1.9 <laughs> like <laughs> like honestly you know and so like I was in panic mode and then you know call at that point you know colleges are like uh, he's not gonna he's not gonna be in clearinghouse so we're not gonna waste our time and that's kind of how it was leaving high school just try I was trying to get clearinghouse I think I missed it by like a Spanish credit and then so I had to go to junior college how did you get to junior college uh, at that point I was playing AAU and then I ended up going to Santa Rosa because one of my AAU teammates, Jordan Freelander from Central Catholic, mm-hmm. he was going there. And we just went together. We were pretty good friends at the time. So it just seemed like a good fit. The coach was uh, there. He's still there, actually. But he was the number one point guard in the nation, I think, when he was in high school. Mm-hmm. And then he was a McDonald's All-American. And he played, he started actually all four years at Arizona. Wow. So he was in like, with Steve, he was there like when Steve Kerr was there a couple okay. of years and stuff. So I was like, oh yeah, I need to be around someone like him. 
So then how did you get to uh, Warner Pacific where you ended your college career? What was that journey like? That was long because there was <laughs> such a gap in between. And I, I mean, some of it's embarrassing, but you know, some of it's just life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, I was, I was being recruited again uh, when I was at my junior college. Things were starting to pick up. I was, I found success there too, and I blew my knee out, pretty much tore my ACL, uh, meniscus and stuff, and so that just kind of messed up. A lot really I went to I got surgery out there in California and I stayed there for a while but I was pretty depressed and uh, they wanted me to stay out there another an extra year and I was like and just not play and then you know figure out the school stuff and be healthy and I should have stayed there but I came home and then I just was just not really doing anything mm-hmm. like just kind of feeling sorry for myself and then uh my girlfriend got pregnant she's old girlfriend at the time wife now she got pregnant and then I was like you know crap I gotta do something and uh I just ended up meeting Steph at Warner Pacific and I just went he's like come so I came <laughs> really was that like at an open gym or yeah, I just played around open gyms up here and stuff. Uh, and it just kind of happened organically. Uh, I didn't really know what I was doing. Uh, I had gone back to school at Mount Hood because my mom lives up here. And I was actually in the process of getting everything together to go to Western Oregon. And I had like a year and a half left on my clock. So I got to go to Western Oregon. Like I had talked with the coach and stuff and the recruiter there. And so we were figuring that out. And then that kind of just deteriorated. So, and kind of the same time, Steph came around and oh, he's like, come to Warren Pacific. They have a, you know, they have a good program with uh, families and stuff and, you know, good scholarship money and different things that they do for families, so that's why I went to Warner. Did you play both years at Santa Rosa? No, I, well, kind of. I got, I played one my first year, and then I got hurt the first conference game of my second year, so I just played, basically played preseason. So how many years did you get at Warner Pack? Two. Two years? Yeah. Okay. I went there for three, though. Okay. Went there for three, played for two. Yeah. So what are some of the differences you notice between the high school game, whether that's practice and games, uh, and then going to Santa Rosa and then to Warner Pacific? What were some of the differences you noticed between those levels? Um, Size, for one. I mean, and just the pace of everything, too. Juco is a little hit and miss. Depending on the teams you're playing, it could be chaotic. So you know at times it could feel worse than mm-hmm. like good high school basketball I played Juco I know <laughs> <laughs> so it was like there's against good teams you're good but then you have you know a few of those teams where it's just like we have to play them you know <laughs> you know it's gonna be a lot of fouling and chaos and stuff but uh, with Warner it was a lot more attention to detail at least with I know that with our coach he's like 
game planning to the max. Like mm-hmm. what I do at the pro level now, they don't even game plan like he game plans. Wow. Yeah. So at Warner, it was really attention to detail. Like that was the biggest thing because it was scout everything and everyone. Yeah. You know what the other guy's hobbies are on the other team. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. That's good to play in a program where they do focus that much on preparation. Yeah. I mean, it was a credit to him because that, that was his strong suit. Like, it was tougher for him to handle all the personalities and culminate something like that was really disciplined. But we made up for it in mm-hmm. that aspect. Do you feel like there was a moment when you realized, like, oh, this is how to work hard? Like, maybe in high school you might have got by on talent or just being bigger sometimes where then maybe you got to either junior college or you got to Warner or even after Warner and then you realize this is really how you work hard and this is really how you approach basketball. Uh, it was actually after I tore my ACL. That was like when I realized like, shoot, if I have to, if I want to get back mm-hmm. to be a, you know, a good basketball player, yeah. then I really got to work. And I obviously went through the feeling sorry for me, mm-hmm. myself phase. But even during that phase, I was going to physical therapy yeah. and doing all this stuff. Like the day of my surgery, I was in physical therapy after that, mm-hmm. like putting the ankle weight around it and doing mm-hmm. some different hip movements and stuff. So that's really when I was like, okay, I don't want to be that guy that yeah. had some promise and then he was he messed up and then end up tearing his ACL like I didn't want to be a sob story so Mm -hmm. that's really what kind of drove me you know I always talk with people around Salem on how hard it is first to get to college second to play four years and we see a lot of players who excel at high school in Salem and then move on to a college and next thing you know they're transferring just to go to school somewhere else or they're done playing for this reason or that reason so the fact that you bounced back, that's you. I mean, that's a big testament to your character, just knowing that you could have quit, but you decided to keep going. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah. Was there ever a moment when you thought about, like, it's not worth it, I just would rather not play? Or was it, like, as soon as you got hurt, were you like, I'm going to come back from this? Yeah, it was like, I'm going to come back from this. But it was really in that moment, it was a matter of when. Mm-hmm. And it it was like a year, a year, a wasted year of my life that after I was healed I was just like I didn't really know what I was going to do and so I was hanging out with friends partying doing stuff you know trying to be the cool guy really just masking insecurity because I was scared of Mm -hmm. you know what the future held so were you like scared at all that you weren't going to be as good as you were or was it more of just like uncertainty where, where you'd end up uh, it was a mixture of both. Not necessarily of being good anymore, being athletic. Yeah. Like, yeah. that was, for me, I was like, I got to, like, I need to be able to jump. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want people to think I can't jump or, mm-hmm. you know, the superficial things. It yeah. wasn't really like, oh, I can shoot and dribble and, you know, I can make the right passes and reads. Um, yeah. Was there anybody in your life that was, like, huge for you as far as, keeping you motivated or is it more of a self-motivated thing it was more self-motivation i mean i had friends around that you know they at times they'd be like, you know what are you doing i was like what's mm-hmm. going on but it wasn't like you know just real motivate motivation 
like that. There's like, you know, you'll be back, you know, you'll be good, X. But really, it was more self motivation at that time. So after Warner Pack, coming from a small school like that, NAIA school, what were some of the challenges you had to get to a professional career as a basketball player? Because I know that a lot of teams look for the D1 schools mostly. And then coming from an NAIA school, it can be a lot harder. Did you find any roadblocks or people that were doubting you because of where you came from? Oh, yeah. I mean, it was endless. It was tough. Really tough. I mean, so there's thousands of guys that are trying to go overseas every year, every year, right? And then of those thousands, probably 80% of them are guards. So not only was I small school guy, I'm a little older. Mm-hmm. I'm also a guard. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> that that didn't help at all either. Yeah. So it was it was a struggle. Uh I got lucky. My wife had emailed a coach in Sweden and they got to talking and that's how my first offer came. Wow. So it was really her, not even the agents I was working mm-hmm. with that got me a job. And it was just pure luck just because you know my wife believed in me yeah that's great so what have you learned during your career that if you went back to South Salem High School in the mid 2000s late 2000s and talked to yourself what would you tell yourself to to kind of maybe help you skip those down years you had and maybe get to your appropriate early what kind of advice do you think you needed at that time and maybe young players now need uh, in their high school careers? I think two things I would say to myself actually would be one, go to class. <laughs> like, that's the biggest one. Just go to class. Like, you know, I was so stupid. Like, it made everything so much more difficult. But also, just to humble yourself. Like, for me, that was... Like, I wasn't, like, an outwardly cocky person and I didn't talk smack on the floor or do anything like that. I was pretty quiet, but in my mind like I needed to humble myself mm-hmm. just in everything like it just even the little things like you know the little miss like oh I'm not lifting it's going to mess up my jump shot mm-hmm. like no NBA players lift <laughs> humble yourself and get in the gym and lift mm-hmm. you know or I don't want to run hard on all these sprints I'm tired and I know coach isn't going to say anything to me because I'm the best player Mm -hmm. no I should be setting an example being a leader so I should be first on every one of these sprints you know I mean it could be a bunch of those little things that you need to humble yourself on to that make a big difference you think that came from like almost not not being afraid to lose but if I don't lose I'm not the best type of thing you think that's where that came from yeah like it's making a built-in excuse for yourself yeah like one of the biggest things I look back at my own career is when I was in high school I've always been a fan of track and field of the sprints and my basketball coach would always tell me get out and run with the sprinters or jump with the jumpers but I knew I was going to get last and everything because I was short and I was fat so there's no way I was going to win a sprint so I didn't do it because I was scared of that like you said I didn't humble myself to develop my speed at that time when looking back if I would have done it and lost some races who cares I would have gotten faster sooner and would have excelled my athleticism in my high school career yeah and I I think that's a big thing too is 
fear takes over a lot and you like how I was like how I said you're what's a good way to put it um, you're making a built-in excuse so like oh yeah I may have lost but I wasn't trying mm-hmm. type of thing so like I can always go back to something like yeah I I might not win this race, so I'm not going to fully give it my all. So now I have an excuse to say and be like, I didn't run it that hard, Mm -hmm. you know. And that just grows as you get older. And it becomes a mindset. And it's even harder. And it was harder for me because I had to shift out of that mindset at an older age. But I had built it up at a young age. Mm -hmm. Because I didn't want to fail so badly that I put myself in tough positions that made me fail what's one book every athlete should read I think an athlete should read a book period we have the misconception that we don't read so let's change that misconception any book any book just pick it up yeah just pick something up I like that what's one habit every athlete should start working out lifting weights doing things outside of the court that still affect what you do on the court I like it what's one habit every athlete should stop partying that's a good one that's a good one that's a big one for me like they don't realize how much it takes away from what you do on the court and it's just you know it gets you in trouble (laughs) (laughs) so it's there's nothing good that comes from it 